everybody. Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. I am your host, Darrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast every Monday on the streaming app of your choice. So if you use Spotify, please be sure to click that follow button. Or if you use Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, uh, please be sure to click subscribe on those so you can get updated on the episodes from when they release. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can go to 440guitarpodcast.com uh, to find all of those social media tags. So feel free to go there. Uh, and then lastly, if you'd like to get some podcast merch, like a t-shirt or a coffee mug, you can go to uh, buy 440 merchandise on the website. So you can go to 440guitarpodcast.com for that. Uh, today, I'm very excited as we have uh, a very fantastic guitar player on the show today with me. Uh, she's toured with musicians such as Jason Raz, uh, the Black Eyed Peas, and many others. Uh, she holds a doctorate in musical arts from the University of Southern California in 2016. Uh, she's also the chair of the guitar department at the Los Angeles College of Music. Uh, she's also in a band uh, known as the, Mo- the Molly-, Molly Miller Trio, Uh which uh, she's released an album uh, back in 2017, the Shabby Road Recordings, and planned to release new music as well. Um, I guess I gave it away, but the 440 Guitar Podcast is proud to have Dr. Molly Miller on the show. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Happy to be here on this Friday afternoon for us. <laughs> oh, am I allowed to say that, right? Because it's pre-recorded? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, it releases on, on Monday, but it, that's fine. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to be here wherever wherever you are in life, whatever time it is. <laughs> <laughs> so how's uh, how's the quarantine life been for you? I know we were talking off air that you had, um, you know, you, you just had a, a live stream that you just uh, got off of. So how's, how's quarantine been for you? Yeah, you know, I feel like I've gotten in the groove. Uh, mm. I hate it with every with every <laughs> part of my body. Like, you know, I keep trying to be like, Molly, there is silver lining. But like, <laughs> I am an extremely extroverted person who loves to do and go and be. And like, of course, yes, I need my time at home where I'm like practicing guitar and like with my family, mm. cooking, whatever, like doing that kind of stuff. But I am someone who likes to be out in the world touching people in a non creepy way. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I like, I'm like, I'm that's so it's been, it's been weird. And I freak like performing. I normally perform 200 times a year. So, wow. Like, it's just weird to not have that and not be teaching in person. But like, I feel like after getting over that first main hump of like, oh my God, is this real? <laughs> right. um, I've kind of like gotten in the groove. Yeah. I've been doing like live streams and, and, uh, interviews and teaching a bunch online and I've done some live performances. I've done some studio stuff, not a, like that starting to creep in some more. And yeah, I've been focused on my record releasing it. We we're supposed to release it a couple months ago, but it's going to come out next year. Um, playing okay. with my brother a ton. My brother's a drummer and we quarantine together. We're hmm. in a bubble. <laughs> so, um, yeah, even like after this, I'm going to my parents' house tonight and I'm going to play music with my brother. I'm like, Hey, should we do a live stream or just like, yeah. So I've been working <laughs> on a ton of music with my brother and I feel really grateful to have that. But yeah, some days awesome. I lose my mind where I'm just like, is this, <laughs> is this real? Like, but, um, you know, I think we're all going to learn a ton and evolve in ways that we wouldn't have if it wasn't for this crazy pandemic. Um, yeah, right. how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, you know uh, there's 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 good days and bad days, but you know I, I can't complain too much because there, there's many that are much 
worse situations, but uh, yeah. yeah, not not too bad. I, I mean, the from a podcasting standpoint, I mean, I've I, I've I've uh, I've released well over 20 episodes since the pandemic started so you know i've had the time to really speak to a lot of musicians that have you know they're in they're in a a moment in their lives that they've really never never have experienced or have been home you know longer than they've ever been you know or just long as they can remember so it's just very interesting hearing those stories as far as how people are dealing with it but for me for me i can't complain can't complain too much so (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear the people who are like thriving in this moment. They're like, I love it. I just play guitar and then I watch (laughs) movies and I don't have to talk to people. I record whatever. And I'm just like, I just want to be with people in a room listening to music and playing music. But whatever. (laughs) Like you said, it's like hard when it's like this moment also teaches you how much you have to be grateful for the things Mm. we do have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So on the 440 Guitar Podcast, we're really big on origin stories, how people got to where they are today. Um, so without further ado, uh, tell me about your earliest memories of music. Yeah. Uh, like it's hard, like like before my a guitar was in my hand because <laughs> I started uh, playing uh, guitar when I was seven. <laughs> okay. Okay. And that's yeah. like, I feel like that's my story. It's like I grew up, my parents are like, doctors and not musicians by any means. And I was, I'm the middle of five children. And, um, so my two older siblings and my two younger siblings, the five of us grew up playing in a band together. And I, we started when we were seven. So it's like, for mm-hmm. me, like that's, I feel like when music really started, of course, like growing up, we like listened to music and my parents were always really good about taking us out to see, to see like culture, whether it was like, yeah, concerts and art. And I, I'm really mm-hmm. grateful for that. But, um, yeah, I grew up playing music, uh, and that, and, uh, yeah, that, that was it. I just like, I, I was mm-hmm. seven and I was like, you're playing guitar. And I was like, okay, I'm a guitar <laughs> player. <laughs> I guess that's it. Like, you know, and I, I don't know how to detach myself from that. Cause that I, it feels so closely aligned to who I am. I'm, I'm a, I'm a guitarist. I'm a musician. I live and breathe it. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Were there any, um, like any, uh, earlier song, like songs that you listened to when you were, uh, younger that like inspired you to play guitar before you were, you know, before you started learning to play? Um, you know, I remember my dad played guitar a little bit. He was, he's like, and this is even like being generous. He like took guitar lessons and I remember him like strumming guitar and having so much fun at home doing that. Um, but I'm trying to think it's like, so it's hard for me. I, it's funny. You're the first person that's really asked me about like my, my life with music before a guitar was in my hand. And it's like mm. my parents, like, I feel like they like listened to hits of like the sixties. Like that was kind of yeah. what I grew up on. It was like, you know, my parents like loved Dylan and James Taylor, or Aretha Franklin, uh, the Beatles. So it's like, I heard like the, the, the hits and it's like funny because i always my dad is like <laughs> listening to otis Redding. i remember it was like uh, this is like in college we were like putting it was like i, I put on one of his cds mm-hmm. in the car and it was like sitting on the dock of bay he's like this is awesome and like the next song that came on that wasn't a hit he was like <laughs> i don't like this one you know <laughs> so i had to be like i'm the, yeah my but they my parents exposed me to music yeah like louis armstrong but i have to think about like guitar wise i feel like it wasn't really in my consciousness because I did start so young I was like in second grade mm. um and I, I like I didn't guitar I just like played guitar and I didn't really think about guitar players or what that meant until I was I was 
12, 13, I was in seventh grade and a guitar instructor showed me Purple Haze by Hendrix. Mm. And that was really the first moment where I was like, good Lord, this is incredible. Like, oh, like guitars, <laughs> guitars, cool. Like before that, it was just something I did. Like, mm. and then it, 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 like Jimi Hendrix really changed my life. And then from Hendrix in seventh grade, I was like, I got deeper into it. And then um, in high school, and like Blink-182 in fifth grade, I feel like in like elementary <laughs> school, it was like I was into all that like pop punk stuff stuff because I grew up in Southern California in a beach city. And it was like right. Green Day, Blink-182, Sum 41, like that whole era. And <laughs> no doubt, God, I love that Gwen Stefani. But it, and like yeah. the most good, that was like the my my thing. And then like seventh grade was like Hendrix and I got more into some of the classic rock stuff. And then in high school jazz, like I had a really great teacher, Steve Cotter, who showed me uh, like Wes Montgomery and Grant Green, mm. uh, like uh, all the, the, the important jazz guitar players. And I was like, yeah. and that really opened up my ears. Um, yeah. And that's when I started really thinking about going to, going to school for for music is when it became you know like i think you don't think about those things per like mm -hmm. they're more vague when i was like you know when you're like 10 it's like yeah i'm gonna play guitar but like actually thinking about what that means studying music and mm -hmm. um yeah was any of that intimidating as far as like being introduced to those jazz guitar players and like deciding that you wanted to study that was any of that kind of intimidating for you because i know for me when i when i uh i took like a jazz ensemble class for uh junior college and the 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 the, the teacher was f phenomenal guitar player uh but when i had some conversations with him and then just kind of hit him you know telling me as far as to some of the things that were that were going on and like playing these yeah. songs. I just, I kind of got overwhelmed. I was like, yeah, I don't even know if I could get to this point. Like, was there a moment for you where you were just kind of intimidated a little bit during that? Oh, I'm still intimidated. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think when I first started getting exposed to that sort of thing, I was like uh, 15 mm. and I don't think it really got intimidating until I was a little older like even mm. like the following year because at that point you know while I was like listening to the music I was like and I don't know you know I, I went to I, I grew up in the South Bay I wasn't I, and like while uh what I'm trying to say like I was I was I didn't realize how much I didn't know until I was surrounded by guitar players that knew so much more than me so while like mm. yeah it's like normal for your teachers to know what like way more or even like like transcribing Grant Green, I didn't realize how much I had to learn until I mm. was in a more academic setting outside of a private lesson. And that was when I went to Berkeley College of Music. I think that was, I went there for a summer and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I kept having those experiences doing like, I did SCSBOA, Southern Cal, what is it? But it like some like honors jazz band where I wasn't oh, just wow. in my high school because in my high school, I was like, I'm the best guitar player. Hey, or like <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever 15 year old Molly thought, or like maybe there was <laughs> one other guy who was like as serious as I was. Uh, <laughs> but I think as the the further like in, in in college, I think is where it really started to to uh, like hit me how much I had to learn, and it was really daunting and really intimidating, really frustrating, and it's just as and it still is such a, a roller coaster. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm like way better at riding the roller coaster, but I had a lot of moments, particularly in college, where I was like, 
you know, it just felt like I would never get there. And I had so mm-hmm. much to learn. And and at that point, it was more daunting and intimidating mm-hmm. than exciting. Because now I think it's like, it's so exciting that like, for the rest of my life, I will never master this instrument, I will always mm-hmm. be have something to work for. And that's something that's pretty powerful. And just like, every day gives me meaning when I wake up of striving to become better at this instrument, um, yeah. and this craft. Yeah. So now, now the intimidation, I feel like during grad school, I became less um, overwhelmed by how much I had to learn and how much I had to work on. And it became something that was exciting. Wow. Wow. Um, And then talk to me about you being, you know, an educator. When did you decide that you wanted to really take the step to, I guess, give back essentially as far as wanting to teach guitar? When did that, when, when did that consensus come for you? Yeah, I mean, I naturally kind of happened. So when I was 16, I had my my sole job that was not a um, in music. I, I worked at like an event party planning place and I was what they called a balloonatic. It was like I like <laughs> the party planning place like specialized in balloons and I um, mm. I was making minimum wage. And then like a few months into it, I don't forget how long I even worked there. It was like three to six months. And um I like I got I somehow started teaching a couple kids in the community like you know 5-year-olds, 7-year-olds and I was 16 and I would mm. go to their house and like get like $30 for an hour or whatever I was charging <laughs> and I was like whoa like this is so cool I can make so much more and I'm actually doing something I like so that mm. was I and at first it was just kind of like it makes sense I'll teach but then as I got deeper into teaching and education, I realized how much I loved it. You know, having experiences where you get to watch students grow um, is when I really connected with it. At first, you know, I think there's this thought that if you can't do, you teach, which I Mm. could not disagree with more. And it took me a while to to realize that I had to do some maturing. Mm. Um, But yeah, like I had really, I still have really powerful connections with my students, but like when I was like 23, I started an all girls rock band at this uh, like at music school that I worked at and watching mm. all these girls evolve. And they're, you know, they're all middle schoolers and like what a weird time to be a kid. And then they get and to see them like they blossom, not just as musicians, but like as people, I could see them grow growing into more confident people because they had this thing they were proud of doing. Hmm. Um, and like, I don't care if my students become professional musicians. I just want them to have a positive, in- uh, a positive relationship with the instrument and the thing they do. So hmm. I feel really, really lucky that I get to be a part of this process of so many people, you know, adults. And I don't really teach as many kids anymore, but like mm. I get to be a part of the process where like people get, I get to help people evolve as musicians and grow. Uh, and like, it's really cool to see people, um, yeah, develop as guitarists and, and players. Nice. Nice. And people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tell me about, um, so, you know, of course you've toured with, uh, you know, a, uh, Jason Mraz, you, you know, you, you've been playing music with him for quite some time. How did that originally, um, how did that happen? Like, what, what, what was the story of um, how you got to that that point? Yeah, I say this a lot. Like, everything I love has happened so organically from my community. It's hmm. not like I was like, it's funny, though, with Jason, like, I've loved his music since I was in high school, since it first came out, hmm. um, however old I was, like 14 or something. 
Um, but everything I've done has happened just for my community. So with Jason, I played in this band called the Vibrometers and it was just like an Afrobeat funk bar band that I played through from the time I was like 21. And we kind of stopped playing a few years ago. So like when I was 28, we kind of stopped playing as much. Um, but it was just like, you know, we played at bars for like $40 from like 10 AM, 10 PM to 1 AM. It was Mm. not a glory gig. And the, the sax player, the band leader of that band played for this guy named Bush Walla and knew Jason Mraz and was a part of that community. And last minute, the day before this guy, Bushwalla, Billy Galewood, who is Jason's best friend, he's an artist as well. He was, I got a call being like, Hey Molly, can you come to San Diego tomorrow for my album release? The guitar player had an emergency. There's like 15 songs we play tomorrow. And I was like, yes. So from there (laughs) I sort of became a part of the community and it wasn't. And then like, even with the Jason thing, I never expected to be in his band, but he was a fan of that funk band. And we would sometimes do sessions or play parties at his house And then one day I graduated. Yeah, it was like I had he had like sat in with us before when I was playing with Bushwalla. And then one day I finished grad school, my DMA, and it was that summer. You know, I graduated in May and it was probably like July. I got an email and it was Jason. He was like, hey, like I'm putting together a new project. You want to come and play on a gig? And I was like, so excited because, you know, I'm a fan of his and also just like not just his music, but him as a human and what he represents. And I feel super fortunate to mm-hmm. work for and with someone whose values I so align with uh, and mm-hmm. who just like respects everyone on stage. It's not always like that. I've worked with people where, you know, you leave not feeling good, but I always mm-hmm. I always play with Jason and I'm just like inspired by how his music and how he runs his life and runs the the whole Mraz world. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, tell me about some of your favorite gear. Cause I've seen, I've seen you play tellies. I've seen you play three, three fives. Uh, what, what, what are some of your favorite uh, guitars that you hold, hold dear to close to? It's funny. I'm like in my little guitar cave and like all around me, I just like look to my left and my right or like all my babies was like my tellies on my left, my 335s on my right. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so you kind of said it, my my two main axes. So my 335, I got it when I was like 17 from just Mm. a local guitar shop. And it is a gem, 1978, not some like amazing year, nothing that Mm. particularly special about it, but it is like a gem of an instrument. So that's kind of my my child. But then a couple years ago, um, my friend, a great guitar player, Mason Stoops, if you don't know him, he, I was like, I need a telly. I, I will like, don't have one and it'd be fun to play. And like, I need to get into the telly world. Uh, um, mm. he found one for me on Craigslist, this like shell pink, uh, 52 reissue, nothing wow. special. Once again, uh, the guy <laughs> who we got it from like upgraded some of the hardware and, mm. um, yeah, did painted it shell pink, which of course I was like, that's cute. I hope it sounds good. Um, <laughs> and it sounds and feels so good. So those are kind of my main two axes, but I, um, also like I play ta- I, I get to work with Taylor guitars. So I played their acoustics and they have some really beautiful acoustics. Um, mm. Kevin Equix, I have one of his guitars and he's actually in the process of making me one, which I'm excited about. Oh, wow. And I've, I have some like random, like I have like a Mose right and a Dan Electro, but like the telly and the 335 are kind of my two main, um, mm. 
axes. And then I, I use Fender tube amps. They, I just know them. I love them. I know how to interact with them. Mm. Um, although I did play like it was a non tube Fender at this demo the other day, the tone master. And that felt really good. I might try to mm. snag one. Um, and then like pedal wise, <laughs> I have like my, my, I work, I have a lot of Earthquaker devices, pedals. I love their oh, nice. Dispatch Master. That's like my go to. And then their Dunes Overdrive, I love. Chase mm. Bliss Audio Dark World is this kind of like magical, mysterious reverb that does much more that I love. Um, I'm mm-hmm. a fan of Wah, which is like some people don't get the possibility of Wah, but I have a full tone um, Wah I love. Oh, wow. a, A3 Stomp Box, they actually set up my pedal board. Mm. And so I have their their volume pedal and one of their overdrives, the awesome Trem. I love my Voodoo Lab and Keeley Electronics. I really love Keeley and I have a couple of their pedals on my board. And mm. yeah, I have like, you know, I think my my sister, uh, my little sister, uh, like li- or I just see my family they like come over and they're like why do you have so many pedals why do you have so many guitars like I like hide them I remember when I moved into my place I was literally hiding all my gear from my family so they weren't judging me <laughs> it's like I just I you know it's like it's hard you just like I don't, I don't need it is the weird thing you know I feel like I could mm-hmm. easily live on so much less than what I have yeah. but it's just so fun you know <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely attest to that. You know, my friends would be like, oh, new guitar, Darrell. Uh, is that right? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> I know. What's your go-to? What are, what are, what's your guitar of choice? Oh, man. I feel like uh, it's funny. I actually really like tellies uh, myself. Um, I recently got a tell. Uh, actually, my wife, she got me a, uh, is this custom made, uh, telly kind of like a parallel universe. So it has a, it's a telly shape, but it has like jazz master, uh, rainville pickups. Um, I guess they're made in Vancouver, but they're, they have a mix of Elenco five and Elenco two magnets in them. So it's really, really nice. Um, it's heavy, but but the guitar sounds great, and it's this purple. So it's and then oh, we're, we're, yeah, we were talking about prints and stuff, and and she was like, if you name she she was like you could she's like I'll get this for you. You just have to name it. You just have to call it uh, Darling Nikki because I try to name all my guitars. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, but yeah, I'm a telly person. Um, I really like. Uh, I'm starting to get more into like semi hollow bodies eventually want to get a prs um uh i i did a i i, I try to do like some some custom stuff as far as like uh, uh do like a frankenstein put some uh a neck and a body together and pickups and stuff and try to do my own thing i recently did that with a uh it's like a strat with a semi hollow uh uh f f hole in it for one of my guitars recently so cool. i'm pretty happy with but yeah yeah, I know so. it's it's a dark hole of so much joy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit as far as the experience of you making Shabby Road recordings, working with uh, Jay Bellarose and Jennifer Condos. How did you? Uh, how did you meet them? Once again, like everything's organic. I um, mm. we had some mutual friends and. Uh, I'm like, it's like even hard for me to remember because it all feels just so like it just <laughs> happened naturally. But yeah. I like a couple times I went to Jen's house uh, and we would like 
play songs. Jen's into songwriting and she's always really encouraged me to write songs too. So it's mm. funny thinking back even really early on. She just invited me over. Actually, I went to her house for a party. This That's the first time I met Jay and Jen. I went to their house for a party mm. and uh and when I was there, we connected and I sent her an email later. And then sometime down the line, she was like, yeah, come over and we'll like show, like play music with each other and just like check out each other's songs. And then from there, we would sometimes email. And, um, and then I had a weekly gig. I have, I don't know what's going on with COVID, but um, I have a <laughs> weekly gig at this place called Perch and hmm. the bassist couldn't make it uh, to a couple of gigs. So I asked her. And then I went over there and played on some songs. And it was going to be me, my brother, Sammy, who's an incredible drummer. I play with him and his band, mm. Sammy Miller and the Congregation. We play, we've been playing a ton in quarantine. Um, oh, wow. But, um, and like the three of us were just rehearsing some music. And then Jay was home and he walked out with some, with some bongos and started, it was what's going on. And he started playing with us. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this sounds so good. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so then Jen started playing with me and Jay would start playing with me. And slowly, like, we would just like do a thing. It was like our little trio. And the mm. Shabby Road recordings happened like that too. It wasn't like, Jen was like, yeah, you should record music. Jen and Jay are like two of my biggest supporters. And mm. like they're, I feel like they're like my music parents, my mentors, my best friends. Like I mm. love them so much and I feel really fortunate to have them in my life. Uh, uh, cause yeah, I just, I, I feel like the love is, is real deep there. Um, nice. but, um, oh yeah. So like with the Shabby Road recordings, Jen's like, yeah, let's come over and like, well, like, let's just record some music. And so I'd go over and like, normally there would be like some bread and cheese involved and some wine involved. And we would just like <laughs> play a few of the tunes we had been playing and play them yeah. again and again and work on them. And slowly they would we would like, it was so fun and fascinating. I learned so much recording with them because they're both, you know, legendary studio musicians and touring musicians. So yeah. we would like play one song for a while and, and figuring out what the right take was. Jay's kind of a genius at that. Where like, mm. you're kind of like, you think like, oh, this one's going to be the best because my solo is the best on it. But it like, so isn't that. It's about like, what piece as a whole represents something and like, is is mm. is the statement you're trying to say. Yeah, we slow we did that and then like Jen was like, Okay, Molly, you need to write originals and like or you need to start like actually doing more originals and bringing them into the band. And it wasn't like a pressure thing. It was like a support thing. And yeah. so um, we would write music together. And so we have this, a new record coming out. It's called St. George that was supposed to come out a couple months ago. And it's all originals. We did it at United. Mike Piersante, who's like legendary, incredible engineer, mixed it and engineered the session. Um, Lurs Gavin Lurson mastered it. I 
the test pressings of the vinyl came came in the mail on w- yesterday. So it's like mm. I can't wait to share that. Yeah, because of COVID, it's all been stalled. But you know, it is what it is. Like my, I did the record in November of 2019. I was planning on putting out this summer, but I'm going to put it out the middle of next year, like spring of, of 2021. And I'm mm. so proud of it and so excited to share it. Yeah. Did that answer Dang. your question? I feel like I was just talking for a long time. No, <laughs> no, you answered everything and more. I was going to ask you, is there, um, I didn't know if, if, uh, is, is any of that music can be uh, previewable on the show? You think and what, what uh, any type of songs that you're really proud of, or I mean, what are your thoughts? Like, so I because we'll probably start actually putting out singles in January is the current plan. Like, this is also oh, cool. new for me. Like, I just was like, hey, I made a CD. Here's a record. Whatever, you know. Like, and like <laughs> it before, and this I'm trying to do it properly and get it. Yeah. You know, like so I'm gonna do press and whatnot. So I, I'm I have a couple people on a team that I'm working with. Um, and we're in the process of sorting out the plan. So yeah, like in like a couple weeks, we're going to go and record some video and audio for it, not audio, video and um, mm. do the content. Like all of it's so weird. I'm just like, can I just play guitar? And uh, <laughs> sh- yeah, like, you know, they're like, I don't know. It's a new new terrain where it's like getting styled and thinking about hair and makeup. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so I'm trying to... to yeah, but I'm so excited to share the record. I love it. it. I love it all. Like it's it's one piece, and making it with Jay and Jen just made it. That yeah, that that group I I love so dearly. And well, the plan we were supposed to do some dates this summer for getting the the album release, and whenever we can tour, I'm sure we will. So hopefully, 2021 we can we can do a tour. But all of it is so as you know, like who knows what the future is, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um talking about the the Shabby Road recordings. Um I was curious as far as like how you guys like did as far as the 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 covers um you know on on the record did you guys kind of like sit down and kind of create a playlist as far as like oh like we should cover this song this song like how did you guys come to these list of classics that you guys wanted to record for the album? Some songs I think Jay and Jen would suggest like something stupid. Mm. That was a Jen suggestion. Like it's always like <laughs> three in the morning. It's like oh, I'm not, I have a couple of girlfriends too who, who like will sometimes sing with us, not with the, the trio, but like at the perch gig. Mm. And that Jen, it's like, or, and Kent, we have a whatever with the perch band too. Um, mm. But like it's like two in the morning, three in the morning, five in the morning, whatever. Jen sends an email with like five YouTube links where she's like this or one. So Jen does <laughs> suggest songs sometimes, and so does Jay. Uh, <laughs> But those were, it wasn't even like that thought out. That's the thing is like, I feel like it came together in a, in like, we probably recorded 17 songs and and ended up putting 10 on the record, but it Mm. wasn't this like, oh, we need a ballad. We need a a ruckus song. We, it was just really organically. We were getting together and recording music. I was like, Hey, maybe we should do like these days, like this week, let's do you know, we didn't even like heartaches by Patsy Klein. That didn't make it, but we did like, mm. we just like, I, we choose three songs to go and do, and I'd show up and we'd play those three songs for, you know, we do like half day recordings. I'd get there at like three and I'd be gone at eight or whatever. Um, mm. and we just like hang out and, and play tunes and it was and some of the arrangements evolved, but I do feel like the trio, I don't think like, I don't feel the trio has evolved so much since then. I'm mm. really proud of the record. Um, and it does mark a moment in time, 
But even now, the arrangements are much more realized, and hmm. um, we play a ton of originals too. So it, we have evolved, and some of our stuff's online. But I feel like the the, the release of this record is gonna is is the statement of who we are right now. Nice, nice, very cool, very cool. Um, I guess one of the last questions I wanted to ask you, since you know, I feel like you, I feel like you have this holistic story as far as you know, someone who's passionate about guitar learn you know learning guitar then learning it from a from a very uh, extensive nature when it comes to really studying some some classic players and then going into it from an educational stance um what type of advice i guess would you give to a guitar player that's learning or that that that, that, that wants to learn and or wants to to you know to be better than they are uh and just trying to progress in the instrument any kind of words of wisdom that you can provide? Yeah. I mean, there's like a few things I always say Mm. is like, there's no secrets to how you do it. You just like play. And I feel like if it's just coming from this place of, of joy, um, like not taking yourself seriously, taking the art seriously, but you just Mm. like, it's not like there's, I was, there's like, I feel like there's always this thing now where it's like lose 30 pounds in 30 days or like, <laughs> like, you know, master the fretboard in two weeks. Like all these like kind of absurd things <laughs> of thinking yeah. that things happen fast, but it's so gradual and being patient, mm. like being patient, trusting the process, not being afraid, digging into who you are, because there already is a West, there's already a Jimi Hendrix, there's already a Django. And just like the more you can, but I do, I do have to say like, I think like uh, digging into your influences and the more like, cause we are uh, a culmination of our influences. So, you know, right. I feel like I can hear the sisters at a Tharp in my playing. I can hear the JJ <laughs> Kale. I can hear the Hendrix and the Grant Green and the West and the, mm. you know, all my influences, but that's how I be- have become me is by like, by studying all those people. Yeah. What's yeah. your, what's your advice? <laughs> that is a curveball that I did not expect. <laughs> wow. Um yeah, I mean I agree with you definitely. I feel like um I I do agree especially with we are we are who we are influenced by. Um I feel like for me for me I've gone through this this guitar story of, you know, not only just trying to, I guess first, first it was the phase of, you know, I got to be better than what I am. And then the phase of, well, I gotta, I, I want to play great solos. And then I went into the phase of, I need to learn more chords. Like that's yeah. like solos, you know, solos are, are solos, but you know, the, the, the chords really are, they're even of a more of an importance. And now I'm on the phase of really just trying to, I guess just really just trying to feel the music and to improve my guitar phrasing. So I think a lot of it too is just trying to find my guitar identity and then uh, continuing to serve the song. Um, oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are a vessel to serve something else. You know, I think everything's so like me, 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 but it's like, no, you gotta like, honor what's happening, what the song is and and the musicians that you're playing with. Mm, Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Dr. Molly Miller, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you today on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. So thank you so much. This has been fun. Yes, Thank you for having me. So nice chatting with you. 
Of course, of course. Very nice chatting with you. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell Powell from the 440 Guitar Podcast. We'll jam again soon and have a good day.